Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Renewing the Center. My name is Chris McDaniel and it's good to have you with us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we engage the Anglican lectionary, the daily lectionary, with an eye towards seeing how these readings will help us open up our hearts to the renewing work of God. So glad to have you with us. We're going to read Psalm 25, then pray, then just jump in and spend a few minutes here as we navigate our way through the day. This is a Psalm of David, Psalm 25. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who are they that fear the Lord? He will teach them the way that they should choose. They will abide in prosperity, and their children shall possess the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever towards the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me, and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart. And bring me out of my distress. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. Oh, guard my life and deliver me. Do not let me be put to shame for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all of its troubles. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray that you would give us the ears to hear what you would have to say to us today in this poem, this Psalm of David. Pray, God, that you would speak to us about how to engage our own souls. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So a few things here for us to consider. Number one, David lifts up his soul to the Lord. And that should beg the question, what's a soul? (laughs) The soul is not like a little vacuous space inside you where Jesus lives. Um, The soul understood, I think, by the Jews would be the general operating system of your entire person. Mind, will, emotions, body. The soul is basically your operating system. David lifts up the entirety of who he is, his operating system. He lifts it up to the Lord and asks for protection from two things. He asks for protection from shame and from humiliation. He's under threat. That's what we're meant to hear in this poem. And so he asked God to hold his life. And I actually think it's a really important question for us to ask. Who's holding your life right now? Are you holding it? Is a president holding it? A sports team holding it? Where have you placed the weight of your life? David places the weight of his life on God. He says, you are the only one that can hold this. And I would argue that that's true for you and for me. God is the only one who's able to hold the weight of our life. But we have to continue to give him that 
the weight to hand him that which we cannot carry on our own. The second thing the psalmist does is he says to the Lord, make me know your ways, O God. I find this so instructive. Just after saying, I place my life in your hands, the poet then says to God, reveal yourself, your ways. Understanding and awareness of the way God moves, the way that he works is essential to our growing in trust. So I want to ask you this question. Do you believe that God wants to reveal himself and his ways to you? Here we see that God will respond to that prayer. Lead me in your truth. Teach me. But in order to see God, in order to be taught by him, we must spend time with him. It's one of the reasons why I have this podcast for you is to give you some space to learn how to be with God, to learn how to move through the frenetic search in our culture for information into a place of transformation where we hold the words of scripture contemplative in our heart and we ask God to be with us. We have to learn how to be with God. Growth will not happen in any other way. Truthfully, I don't think you grow in any area or any discipline without the clear investment of time. So then the psalmist says that we're invited to do two things. We're meant to remind God of things he already knows and to remind God to forget things he already wants to forget. (laughs) Here's what the text actually says. Be mindful of your mercy and your steadfast love for they have been from of old. This reminder keeps us clear. When I remind God of his mercy and love, I remind myself. And so essentially when the poet is reminding God, he's actually also reminding himself. When I call to God, to my mind, the things of God, I actually remind myself of that which is fundamentally true. And I'm once again invited to believe him and to trust him for good things to happen in our lives. God's instinct is to show us mercy. His heart toward us is love and mercy. He knows that you are needy. The question is, do you know that you're needy? But we're also called to say, do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. Here's where we say to God, forget the things you already want to forget. Why? I believe that we need to remember that God does not measure us according to our failures. We do this to one another all the time, but thankfully God doesn't do this to us. We tend to want to define others and ourselves in our worst moments at at our weakest or our lowest moment. God remembers you according to his love and his goodness. That's what the psalmist says. And I just want to say that is really good news. God looks at us and he sees us through the lens of his love and his goodness. Many years ago, one of my kids got into trouble I remember figuring out that this child needed my help and driving to the scene of the trouble. Love was the lens through which I saw the mess that I saw as a dad. It was real, and yet my love for that child was more real. And I'm a broken, sinful dad. Imagine how much more God is able to enter into the messiness of our life and see us through the lens of his love. That's what the Lord is trying to get us to see through the words of the psalmist. The more you know God sees you in this way, the more you'll be able to effortlessly embody the same love to other people. Next, the psalmist says, God is good, so he instructs, leads, and teaches us when we are weak. Do you see a pattern here? In our weakness, God wants to meet us, not to shame us, but to teach us. Here's what the text actually says. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. 
He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness to those who keep his covenant and his decrees. I, I love this. God sees us in our weakness and he moves toward us to help us. What should God teach us when he moves toward us to help us? What should he be showing us? What is in his heart to show us? He's wanting to teach us that we don't need to hide our brokenness. Because God is good, we should be free to admit our guilt and our sin, knowing that there's forgiveness and healing. We don't have to hide. In our last episode, we looked at Genesis 3, and we were told how the first humans hid. Hiding did them no good. It only kept them from pardon and absolution, from freedom. It kept them from being covered by God. God's instinct is to revoke the sentence of guilt that hangs over many of us. Shame. Shame tells me I am bad. Conviction of sin tells me I did something that is bad. Those are very different. I want you to hear verses 11 and 12. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who are they that fear the Lord? He will teach them the way that they should choose. Freedom from guilt and shame empowers us to make good choices, to hear from God on how we should live our lives. And then what happens? We're told in verses 13 to 15 that a new trajectory emerges for the family of God. Family dynamics begin to shift and change. Prosperity emerges. Kids living in security. Friendship with God. Us being rescued from danger. But there's something else. It's one thing to have God do good things for us. It's another to feel connected to this work of God. David describes feelings of loneliness and affliction. He talks about trouble in his heart, distress. And I'm so thankful for David. I'm so grateful for his emotional authenticity in the Psalms. Y'all, after saying everything he's just said about God's provision, he says, but I feel lonely and upset and depressed. Has <laughs> this ever happened to you? You look around and say, things aren't all that bad, but I feel really bad. Like right now, I'm pretty under the weather. You probably can hear it. I was trying to get through a whole episode without sniffling at you. There are times where you can look at life and say, everything's going pretty well, but I don't feel super good. And at this point, I'm not talking about sickness. I'm talking about that rain cloud that wants to follow you, even when the sun is shining outside. There are times where we can look at our lives and say, there are so many good things happening. Why do I feel so bad? Why do I feel so depressed? There are times where our feelings will not and do not match our reality. So what does God do? Does he shame us? No. In the psalm, he invites us to pray, Lord, relieve the troubles of my heart. Here's the way the psalm ends. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all its troubles. Redeem what a word. What a work. Redeem means to purchase back. To buy something back that had been pawned or lost. I remember years ago, my one of my cousins, who's a mess, um, stole my grandfather's guitar and pawned it. It was a shameful act. And I remember my grandmother and grandfather finding out where the guitar was and they bought it back. And my grandfather was so happy because the guitar had been redeemed. It was back in his possession. The Lord is looking to redeem parts of you that have been damaged, lost, or pawned, sold at cut rate prices. 
God wants to relieve us from the troubles of our hearts and speak redemption over our lives. And I pray that over you today in Jesus' name. God bless you. Go in peace. Peace.